Well, good morning, Elevate Church. How is everybody today? You guys good? Hey, man, I can't wait for what you're going to experience today. Uh, if you're a guest here, this is your first time. Things are looking a little bit different today because we kicked off a series last week called Ignite, where we had this idea, what would it look like if we got to hear from people who sit in these rows next to us and, and the way they live their faith out in their homes, in their workplaces, in their communities. And I don't know if you were here last week, but was that not amazing? I mean, how great was it to hear from Ron and Katie in Chicago? I mean, amazing the way God is using them. And I know you're no different. And hopefully what this will do is to ignite something inside of each and every one of us. So I'd encourage you to take out a note card, jot down some things because today is going to be no different. It's going to be amazing. And first up today is my good friend KJ. Let me tell you a little bit about KJ. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a friend. He's a coach. He's been happily married to his wonderful wife, Michelle, for 15 years and counting. They have three beautiful and intelligent girls, Abby, Macy, and Elin. KJ was born and raised in a small town in north central Pennsylvania. And at age 18, he left home and went to study his undergraduate work at Liberty University. Any Liberty, this is the flames, right? We got any flames in the house? No. Okay, that's all right. After finishing up at Liberty where he played college uh, soccer, he is a goalie, a goalkeeper, and earning his bachelor degree in biology and then getting married, he moved with his wife uh, to Blacksburg, Virginia, where KJ studied at medical school at Virginia Tech. Hokies, come on, Hokies. Still no, okay. <laughs> Following medical school, KJ and Michelle moved to Erie, PA, and began his residency and training in emergency medicine here at UMP. UMC, UPMC Hammett, and KJ now practices emergency medicine there. That's his career, but who he is and what he tell you he'd love to do is being a husband and a father, playing with his kids, coaching his teams. He has done more than one uh, quick surgeries on my boys on his island in his kitchen, all right, because <laughs> just what my boys get beat up. Could you guys help me welcome today our kickoff presenter, KJ Sabochik. Here we go. Good morning, Elevate Church. Thanks for being here today. So just like everyone else you've heard the past two weeks, uh, Will called me up and asked me if I'd be interested in speaking for this upcoming series. And just like everybody else, I thought to myself, thanks for asking, but no thanks. <laughs> Public speaking is terrifying. He told me about the topic was that God, how God is ever-present and part of your everyday life, family, job, activities. And I'm not entirely sure why, but I told him that I would think about it and give it some serious consideration. Over the next couple of days, I began having all those doubts and those insecurities that we all have inside. That's not me. I, I don't have a great story. How can God use me? I, I'm nothing special. That's when I felt God was trying to get my attention and say, that's the point. That's what I want you to share. The simple, the basic, the 101 level stuff. So full disclosure, if you're here at Elevate Church today for the awesome Bible teaching and the deep theological insight, sorry to disappoint you, that's not happening with me. <laughs> Let me encourage you to come back next week when Pastor Colby will get back to that and teach us all how not to be jerk faces. I'm going to share some simple, everyday tips that can make a big difference. I can't believe summer's over. 
Erie's beautiful in the summer. There's a variety of activities to enjoy, like the beaches and the festivals. I personally enjoy the races and competitions. I had a really good summer. I set a couple of PRs. PR stands for personal records. Setting personal records feels very rewarding. It's a way to show yourself that your effort and your hard work pays off. Today I'm going to share with you the PRs in my daily life that really make an impact on eternity. PR number one, prayer. Pray every day. Pray for the big things and the little things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. When I'm praying, I like to keep it conversational. I like to think that I have an open dialogue going with God that I can pick up at any given moment. I like to talk with God, in particular, on my way to work. I work in the emergency department. It can be very overwhelming at times. I see a lot of alarming things, like severe illness or life-threatening injuries and everything in between. I prepare myself for that environment by talking to my Heavenly Father and looking for support at the start of every day. Here's what that prayer sounds like. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for Elin and Abby, Macy, and Michelle. I pray that you keep them safe as I'm away from home today, Lord, and I pray that you'll keep me safe in the emergency department. Keep my patience safe, Lord, despite my actions. Lord, I pray for sound mind, sound judgment. I pray for peace, patience, kindness, compassion. I pray for understanding. I pray for the ability to lead, the ability to teach, and the ability to communicate. Lord, thank you for the talents and the abilities that you've blessed me with, and I pray that I use those in a way that honor and glorify you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to serve you in this capacity, in this emergency department. Thank you for the people you've placed around me. Thank you for my family, my church, my friends. I pray that you allow me to be a resource to them and an encouragement to them as they are to me. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to provide for my family, spiritually, emotionally, financially. I pray that you allow Michelle and I to be responsible stewards of the resources that you've blessed us with. Lord, guide my hands, guide my feet, guide my words, guide my thoughts, guide my actions, guide my decisions. Let everything I say and do today bring honor and glory to you. Allow me to represent you well in the emergency department. Allow me to reflect your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your compassion to those I come in contact with, patients, their families, colleagues, coworkers, consultants. I pray that they'll all see something different in me in the way that I do things, the way that I conduct myself, and that's honoring and pleasing to you. Lord, I pray for motivation, perseverance, focus, and strength to confront the challenges set before me today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's the very real conversation that I have with God on a consistent basis. PR number two, priorities. How you spend your time and your money will tell a lot about where your priorities are. My marriage is a priority. I love my wife. She is my number one priority next to God. Michelle and I are proactive in our marriage. We've set up boundaries in order to protect our marriage from outside influences. We try hard to communicate openly and utilize each other's love language. It's easy to get caught up in the everyday shuffle. Life gets busy. Before you know it, you may start to drift apart. Make it a priority. 
to reaffirm your spouse and show that as men you can love your wife just as Christ loved the church. This sets you up for success as a husband, father, and ultimately a spiritual leader in your household. Ask any of my girls, who's daddy's favorite? They'll probably roll their eyes and begrudgingly answer, mommy. And I'm proud of that. I'm glad they recognize that, and I believe that deep down, they find security in that as well. Family is important to me. It's a priority. I spend more time at work than I want to, but I really enjoy the time spent with my family. My girls are great. The time spent playing games, hanging out, and the different experiences that we share as a family will never be enough, but they're all greatly valued. Teaching my girls biblical principles like helping others or volunteer work or how to give generously is also a huge blessing in a way that I keep God active in my everyday parenting. Money. Tithing is important. Automate the important. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. First week every month, our tithe check goes out automatically. And I know God doesn't need our tithe, but I'm so grateful for the front row seat that we have at Elevate Church to watch him multiply and use those resources to reach needs locally in this city and globally. This church is pretty amazing, am I right? Yeah, that's right. Christian education is a priority for my family. This is a non-negotiable and goes right on line number two for our monthly budget, right after tithe. Every day, my girls are in an environment where God is praised, and the worldview that they're presented with is Christ-centered. Having a school like Erie First Christian Academy available in this area is such a tremendous blessing. Show God he's important to you when you set your priorities. Lastly, practical application. Study God's word. Be a lifelong learner. I'm a big fan of Proverbs. Proverbs covers a wide range of topics that are relevant to our everyday living. Topics like anger, temptation, forgiveness, wisdom, hope, trust, friends, family, money, and more. The book of Proverbs was written mostly by King Solomon. 1 Kings 4, verse 29 says, God gave Solomon wisdom and great insight. That's a pretty good endorsement. If I'm going to invest my time to read and learn, I want it to be from the guy that God blessed with wisdom. Start by reading a chapter of Proverbs a day. 31 chapters in Proverbs, 31 days in both months. You'll be, you'll be developing a good habit, gaining wisdom, and making God a priority. I've been able to read through Proverbs dozens of times through the years. One verse that stands out to me is Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. I'll give you an example from the emergency department. First, though, any first responders here in the audience today? Police, firemen, volunteer, EMS? Thank you for what you do. Very much appreciated. Okay, the call comes in from the ambulance crew on scene with the victim of a motor vehicle accident. We received the information, and now we're aware the vital signs aren't good. There was heavy damage to the vehicle, the patient's in and out of consciousness, and there's obvious signs of injuries. 
We'll have maybe five minutes before the crew arrives with the unstable patient. We dispense the information to the rest of the ED team, and they begin preparing the equipment and readying themselves in the trauma resuscitation bay. I take a moment, I gather my thoughts, and I go back to my open dialogue with God. And I pray that he allows me to see what he needs me to see, hear what he needs me to hear. I pray that he allows me to make quick and appropriate decisions. I pray that he helps me stay calm and lead the team. I pray that he allows us to put forth our best efforts and that he'll prepare our hearts and minds for the outcome. I don't know what's going to happen in the next several minutes, but God does. And if I commit what I'm doing and what my team is doing to God, I know God's peace will be present during those moments of uncertainty. In summary, by establishing these PRs as a part of my everyday, prayer, priorities, and practical application, I'm offering my best to God on a daily basis. I'm living my life and running my race in such a way as to win the prize. And I hope you can use these principles as well. Thank you. Come on, let's make KJ a little better than that. He's such a genuine, authentic man of God. And if you couldn't get something out of that, then something's wrong with you. Pray. Pray. See God. Make sure you prioritize things in your life. And then, honestly, like, go to God's word. Get some practical application. I love it. KJ is super practical in what he brought this morning. Next up is Teresa Mertland. Many of you know Teresa. Teresa spent 12 years as a, an anchor and a journalist for our Fox affiliate and ABC affiliate uh, television uh, stations as a news anchor here in Erie. Uh, then she transitioned into church ministry where she used her background in video production and marketing to serve as both the media director at Erie First Assembly of God and as a marketing specialist with Next Media. Then after studying for three months under a missionary team in Mozambique, Africa, she accepted the position of executive director of a nonprofit based out of Erie called Africa 6000, where they go into areas that desperately need clean drinking water in Africa and dig and drill water wells uh, for those who need it the most. Could you guys help me welcome Teresa Mertland. feel like I should be coming out with that big title weight belt on, the big boxing thing, the way Colby introduces us. <laughs> I know you're sitting there thinking, do we really need to hear from one more human being about how to live out life with Jesus? But the Bible tells us simply, if we honor the person that God puts in front of us, he'll honor us back. And I believe that everybody that talks about the Lord has some gift to deposit in you. So if you're willing to receive, I know he'll allow that to happen. As Colby said, um, currently my full-time job, we drill water wells in urgent need village regions where they've never had clean water to drink before. It is a huge blessing. I get to use my giftings there. Um, the people are amazing. We go deep into the bush. Um, but again, that is just my job. And in this season, the Lord allows me to do that. And I'm just, I feel so favored and so blessed. Um, but who I am, my identity, is a daughter of God. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, 
if you believe in his name, then you have got to know that you are a son of God or a daughter of God. And when I started walking in that role and realizing that's who I am, it took a lot of weight off because number one, I realized being a daughter of the living God, he's always got my back. He always takes out my enemies. I don't need man's approval anymore, I just need my father's approval. He loves me unconditionally. And my inheritance as a daughter of God is everything that the Bible says, including the Great Commission, which Jesus says we will go into the world and preach the gospel, we'll lay hands on the sick. That's all available to me, to you. And the greatest thing about being a daughter of God is Jesus Christ, when he came and shed his blood, I have redemption for my sins, so I make mistakes and I sin, but he forgives me, and he provided a ransom for my life, and I was born somehow just knowing that and loving Jesus, and um, also loving this country and being thankful that I was born in a land that's free in America so that I can do what I do in Africa. When I talk about God, I'm really careful because this, in this day and age, as you know, it's very dark and there are many gods out there. So we are talking about, please be clear, the one true God, Father, Son, Jesus Christ, who came, shed his blood, <laughs> provided redemption, and then he said he had to go back to heaven so he could send the third person of God, the Holy Spirit, who he sends then to live in us when we receive Jesus. So the Holy Spirit comes to lead, guide, counsel, direct, give plans, talk to us, reveal the word of God to us, tell us what to do. That's the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us and flow through us. And it says like living water. What I do in Africa, we give water and then we provide the living water, we tell them about Jesus. It's a really cool thing. There's a lot of darkness there. It brings light. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 sort of gives us an idea of who this Holy Spirit is. And if you know Jesus and you're walking with him, then eventually you've got to start walking with the Holy Spirit because that's the fullness. Three of them, it's one true God, three different persons. I talk to them all day long it's the Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus. How do I know which one or whatever? It's through friendship and relationship. It says the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit, we have our spirits, knows our thoughts. Holy Spirit comes once we receive Jesus and is deposited in us, and he obviously knows the thoughts of God because he is God. And so he joins us spirit to spirit, one spirit. So the Bible says that our spirit knows all things and that's how we know all things because we're connected to the Holy Spirit. Now, do we know them all at once? Absolutely not. He doesn't reveal everything to us all at once because he loves us so much. Because he'll give us what we can handle and because it's his desire for us to partner with him to seek them out. And if we knew everything all at once, we certainly wouldn't need God. And we know what happened to Satan when that happened. He's a created being. He was the worship leader in heaven. He got pride, he got to know God. He wanted to be like God, boom. 
God will never let that happen to us. He loves us so much. Um, there is a scripture, Proverbs 25, 2. It says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. So God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, in their amazing personality, they have so much fun, they enjoy partnering with us, they enjoy us being their kids, they hide things for us, or they give us dreams, they give us visions, they give us words, you know, you, that you hear a word and you're like, what does that mean? And all of a sudden they're revealing to it. So God is constantly doing that, trying to get our attention, trying to partner with us, trying to become our friends as much as be our God. And then it says, it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. We're the kings. In the Bible, it, once you come to believe Jesus, it calls you a priest and king unto God, servant to the one true king of kings and lord of lords, Jesus Christ, who is the high priest. And if you go back in the Old Testament before Jesus came in Haggai, there were two guys, Joshua, who was the pre high priest at the time in Zerubbabel. He was the king or governor and they were brought together to rebuild the physical temple of the Lord. Jesus Christ came, split the veil, so we could go directly to God, have complete access to our God, and provide um, just complete and utter direction. So again, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. And it's fun in this process. Jeremiah 33, three says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even yet know or that you can't yet even figure out. He's continually partnering with us and it blows your mind. A couple of things I can just tell you that I do and I've been practicing or that God has laid on my heart just to live out this walk with Jesus. And number one is I start off my day talking with him, praying, to me, that's talking, having a relationship, reading the word. Um, it says in the Bible to pray for your country, your leaders, bless them. We need to pray for our country, pray for the Democrats and the Republicans, pray for the president. Listen, we don't know what's going on in people. We have no idea their process. We don't know what God's doing with them. In Isaiah, there was a king called Cyrus. 100 years before he came, there was a prophetic word. And it talked about this king coming, this Babylonian king that didn't even have a relationship with God, who would not only set the Jews free and bring them out of exile, but he would help them rebuild the temple back then. This is Cyrus. When he comes into to play and he hears about this prophetic word, he sets the Jews, brings them out of exile, helps them rebuild the temple. He was all powerful at the time. He didn't have to do any of that. You don't know what God's doing in someone's life. And don't judge. Be careful, don't judge anyone because unless you walk in their shoes, you have no idea what they're going through. And there's such a darkness settling over this world that is pulling us out and causing us to attack each other. But you can't walk in someone else's shoes. So don't judge them, just pray for them. Because again, you don't know where they came from. You have no idea what they had to come out of, what their heritage is, what their generations were like, what unforgiven sins they've had to walk into and deal with. And they may be farther ahead than you even are because they may have had to have more to deal with, but just love them. Don't gossip and don't slander. The Bible says that what we speak, we reap the fruit of. And I think more so than anything, this is coming from social media. So if you are addicted to social media, or if you're on there every day, just get off for a while. 
Because there is a thing in the Bible called a religious spirit. It's actually what came and what actually came to kill Jesus when he walked on this earth. But it's dark and it tries to get you to go after man's approval. And it builds jealousy and it builds competition. But the Bible says where self-seeking and envy exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. Not some evil, all evil, every evil thing. So we need to just realize who we are as sons and daughters and just start to grow up and mature. And I know it's hard out there. In Isaiah it says, in the end days, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but his light will rise in us. And if you're here today, you're here simply because Jesus loves you, he wants you to come in. This is what you were created for. It is fun to partner with God. Um, and just kind of to wrap it all up today, I really feel like God just wants you to know that whatever you're going through today, whatever it is, it's not too late. You're gonna be okay, he's got you. We're all in process. We're all the same, none of us are better or worse than anyone else. No one's above you, no one's, don't put people on platforms. Don't put Colby on a pedestal, don't put Kristen on a pedestal, don't put me on a pedestal because I'm talking to you. We all fail. We're all part of the same family and we're in process. We sin, Jesus is sinless. We fail, Jesus will never fail. We get shocked by stuff, God is never surprised. He already knows it's gonna happen to you. He loves you, he's enough for you. That's why Jesus came. He shed his blood, he provided a ransom for your life so that you can live forever and live free and not live in eternity damned. He loves you, it's enough. And again, I'm gonna lead into a video right now. I'm so thankful that I live in America I'm so thankful for the blessings that God has given me, the unity, the diversity, the giftings God has given me to work in Africa. He's given you things too that I can't do. We're all created and unique. Unity is not sameness, it's diversity. Don't let anybody mess you up there. It's diversity. You've got special gifts. There's a video. the dry deserts of Africa to the lush land of America, Jesus Christ is enough. God bless you and God bless America.
Thank you, Teresa. If I can tell you anything, Teresa lives her life that way, guided by God's spirit. If you ever need somebody to pray for you, pray over you, that's your girl right there. Ask Teresa. Uh, she'll bring it. Uh, last up, last but certainly not least, is our newest addition to staff. His name is Josiah Malinich, but we just call him J-Lo or Josie Lo, whatever you want to call him. He's a 20-year-old Christian hip-hop artist. Come on, somebody, from Mechanicsburg. He's been rapping since the age of 12 uh, after discovering the genre of hip-hop through one of his heroes, Lecrae. Josiah plays soccer his entire life, even onto the, the collegiate level, two years at Penn State Harrisburg and at Penn State Barron. After that, he's been called into full-time ministry, and so he laid down that passion, and so he could be full-time uh, into what God wants him to do. Josiah has released one EP and several singles since launching his music ministry in December of 2018, and he plans to grow his leadership abilities in both youth and worship ministry by passionately pursuing Jesus. He would tell you that uh, most importantly to him is not himself being famous, but making Jesus famous. Would you guys help me welcome Josie Lowe? Let's go. How you guys doing? We've been enjoying this series the last two weeks. That's right. We've heard some cool speakers. It's been awesome. And uh, Pastor Colby wrapped me up in a little boxing present and bow, so I don't need to tell you who I am, so that's pretty cool. I'm just going to start talking. And so this weekend, I'm titling this little tidbit, Rap History Weekend at LOA Church. That's what I'm doing. All the adults in the room just got nervous. I'm sorry. I apologize. But that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm not going to talk about Tupac, M, all that stuff, even though that is history. I'm going to talk about my history. And so the best way to do that is take you back to the very beginning. 12 years old. There she blows. Come on. I mean, that's some like Gucci stuff going on in the outfit. But this happened because my mom wasn't around. So that's why I look like that. And the reason my mom wasn't around was because it was her birthday. And so this is what happens. I'm sitting at home. I'm 12. It's my mom's birthday. What am I going to do for her? I'm going to make a rap music video, because that's what every 12-year-old wants to do for their mom. Bizarre, but that's how it happened. And what I do, grab my five-year-old little brother up there, because he was cute at the time. He's now bigger than me, not so cute, but it's cool, and that's how it happened. And so that was my first experience rapping. From there, 
We went inner city, Louisiana, served there after Hurricane Katrina and kind of started growing more. And my family were, were missionaries. And so that's why we moved around a lot. And so I like to say I was on the cheapest tour I'm ever going to have. I'm not paying for gas. I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for that. I'm rolling up to churches. The tour bus is our Dodge minivan. I'm eating out at my mom's dinner. Like, it's great. And I'm rolling up to churches doing my thing, rapping. And I'm this little dude on fire for Jesus. People coming up to me, dude. I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know what's happening. I'm just rapping. That's what I do. And so seeing God start to work in that was just absolutely cool. And so that was easy. That was the good times. And then what happened? High school. And we all know, we all know, right? High school either makes you or breaks you, right? We've all been through high school. If you haven't been to high school yet, good luck. If you're in high school, you already know what I'm talking about. It's miserable. People are jerks. It's true. Don't be a jerk face. Tag for next week. Come here. But I dealt with this same thing. People being jerks. And I was on fire for Jesus as a kid. Got to high school. I was like, nope, too cool for Jesus. I'm done with that. And I would be quiet about it, right? And so I, I was just still kind of rapping on the inside, doing it, like, but not putting it out there, not telling people to check me out, just kind of rapping because I was like, I love Jesus, but in public, I'm scared to talk about him. And so that's what was going on. I was dealing with that. And there was one situation that kind of re-sparked it. Me, I played on the soccer team. Me and my buddies were going for a little after-school lift, right? And we're the soccer dudes. So our lift looks a little different. We're doing a little leg kicks, checking our hair out in the mirror, doing all that type of stuff. Because that's what soccer dudes do. I, it's just what we do. And guess who's across the gym? The wrestling dudes. Oh, God. And they're over there being tough and hunking and junking and whatever they do. And I'm like, bro, this is, this is crazy. Because the big dude, the ringleader of the crew, kept looking at me. He's like, stop looking at me, bro. And he looks like he's talking about me. And you know, when somebody's talking about you, you have that feeling. You're like, oh, he's John. I see him. He's running his mouth. I see it. And that's what I thought. Sure enough, later on, I go and talk to my buddies that would know some of their friends. And he was talking about me, saying I couldn't rap, saying I couldn't do this, saying I couldn't do that. So I got bold in that moment. What did I do? I sent him an Instagram DM. I sent him a message. I said, boy, I had enough. I didn't say all that. I was scared. But I sent him a video of me rapping and sent it to him. And you know, like, when you get mad with somebody and they're, like, talking trash on you and you're, like, you know, you start texting someone, oh, I just need to, I'm going to snap on this person because I just can't have it with them right now. You know what I mean? And we all get that voice. That's what we sound like when we're typing that. Like, it's a little weird. And we're, like, getting ready. And you're toying with it. Can I send it? Can I not send it? Then you hit send. And then what do you do? I didn't actually want to send that. Please don't respond for real. Like, I'm scared. But his response was crazy. Just because of that bold step I made, he responded to me and said, dude, I didn't even know. Like, I never even listened to you. You're actually pretty good. Like, I would support you. Crazy. But it gave me a boost of confidence. So I kept going on to it, and I was a part of my man pageant my senior year. It's not weird. I promise you. Any Penn State people in the house? We are. Come on. That's it. A big 79-7 smackdown yesterday, all the college football fans. And so... Penn State does a big event at the end of the year called THON, raises money for curing pediatric cancer, and it's an awesome organization. And so high schools in Pennsylvania and across the country start to do mini-THONs. And so we have a man pageant, and t they pick 10 guys to do a talent and all this stuff. And it was awesome. We raised $43,000 as the 10 of us, and our school that year raised a quarter of a million dollars. And that's just being Jesus-loving. But the biggest thing I remember that was pivotal, I got to rap. That was my talent. And I'm going up, get, walking up the stage, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm about to rap in front of the biggest crowd I've ever had. It's going to be like 800 people. 400 of them might be freshmen and sophomore girls. That's not the point. But here I go. And as I was going up, these people were hyping me up. I hear them chanting my name. And I thought to myself, wow, 
what opportunity would it be if they weren't chanting my name, but chanting Jesus' name above everything else, right? What about if I'm coming up on a stage and people are chanting Jesus over Josiah? That's the purpose. And so my favors continued. Last summer I went to Guatemala with a missions team, and we got to, I got to rap in front of Guatemalans. Like, God has been so good. And it brings me to today. And I can stand here and tell you my purpose and what I'm about as a Christian artist, 100% Christian artist, and that's my point. But the thing is, it's not necessarily what I am saying in my music. And I'm not afraid to put Jesus and say it in the music. But it's what I'm refusing not to say. In our culture, hip-hop is promoting sex and women in a bad way. It's promoting drugs and alcohol in a way. But as a Christian man at the age of 20, I'm telling you right now, and hold me accountable to it, I'm never going to talk like that in my music. I'm going to talk about Jesus and the good things in life because I'm tired of youth being polluted in their minds because it's jacking the culture up. It's jacking it up, and I'm done with it. And so at the end of the day, when I get to heaven, it's not going to be about me. It's going to be about Jesus because I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and famous servant. It doesn't matter if I get famous. I'm just a kid, but I'm trying to make him famous. That's the goal. And so at the end of the day, through all this, I've been so inconsistent, right? I was on fire for Jesus. I'm too cool for Jesus. On fire for Jesus. It's like, boy, I'm chilling. You know what I mean? That's what's going on. And so one thing that I remember looking back on life now and I'm like, how did it still happen? How can I keep rapping? God was consistent in my inconsistency, and it doesn't make sense. And so let me tell you how I know it makes sense. I'm going to read from the Bible. Uh-oh, you thought I was going to get up here and just inspire you, not say anything from God's word, like, oh, he's just saying it. I don't have to listen to him. No, I'm a big Bible guy. It's alive. It's real. So check it out. Boom, Malachi 3.6. I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. And because I haven't changed, you haven't been destroyed. Bible says destroyed. That means if God was inconsistent in my inconsistency, I still wouldn't be here. I'd be gone, throw it to the side. Tell me that's not crazy. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus the anointed one is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's from the Passion Translation. Let me read it to you from the NIV, the New King James Version, the NLT. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Point blank. That's it. Can we understand that? The God that walked with me yesterday, walked with me today, walked with me tomorrow is the same. Even when I don't even realize it because he's that good. And so you look at me and you're like, Josiah, how you doing it? I don't know. I'll be real. But I learned one action step that I need to take. Every time there's an action step. And you know what it is? Death. And not a physical death. A death to yourself and a death to your flesh. Bear with me. The Bible is very clear on this. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says this. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your one as you continually surrender to my ways. But it's not it. you got to stay dead. Romans 6, 11, Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourselves as what's that word? Dead. And unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus. we got to stay dead. And that requires action. It's not easy. It's not going to be the best life. But Paul talks about it in Romans as well. A dead man can't sin. That's what he says. Thank you, Paul. He's dead. Obviously he can't sin, right? But it's true. If we could get to a place in our physicality that it's over and we're not going to be that way, you'll get it. And so the best part of this whole thing, you don't have to die alone. You don't. 
It's not about doing this by yourself. God doesn't call you to do that. He calls you, clearly, Matthew and Romans, to die and stay dead. But look around you. The seats are not empty, man. There's people here that want the same thing as you, and that's to live for Jesus, period. And it might look different, but it takes being held in unity. So check this out. James 5.16 says, confess and acknowledge how you've offended one another, and then pray for one another to be what? Instantly healed, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Hop down to James 5.19. For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God from the error of his way, gives back to his soul life from the dead, and covers over countless sins by what? A demonstration of love. Love. I could come up here and I could make it sound pretty. I could tell some funny stories about 12-year-old me. But if you don't get today that my message is love, and there's a creator of the universe who designed you when you're born, knit you in your mother's womb, whether it was intentional or not, God was intentional about you. Listen, love is not soft. It's a tough love. You don't know how I die daily? I have somebody in my life. It's called an accountability partner. His name's Ethan. He's a 19-year-old dude, still lives in Harrisburg, where I'm from, so I don't get to see him often. It's about five hours away. We talk on the phone. So the other day, I'm getting ready. I know I'm like, all right, I'm preaching this weekend. Let's talk to Ethan. So he texts me actually and says, hey, can we talk real quick, 10 minutes or whatever? I said, yeah, man. But we're more like girls, so we talk for like an hour when we're on the phone. That's what happens. And so we start talking. He asks me what I'm dealing with. I ask him what he's dealing with. We talk about our struggles, right? Man, what do you, how do you love this person better? And just being super intentional about it. And then at the end of it, what does he do? He says, Josiah, you're just talking this weekend, right? I said, yeah, man. He said, let's pray. James 5, 16, confess, we had that. We talked and pray. If you don't pray, you're missing everything. It's about talking to God. And this is what he prayed over me. He said, Josiah, I just bless you right now what you're going to say. And I don't know what you're going to say. But Josiah, right now I'm praying over you. You would know it's not about you. It's about what the Holy Spirit's going to do through you. It's about the words that are come through you that's going to impact somebody's life. So get out of the way. So he prayed to me, calling me out in his prayer. Thanks, Ethan. You're cool, dude. But for real, he's being tough. That's love. Love isn't always acceptance and being this and that. Love is calling somebody out in their junk. But if you don't have somebody doing that in your life, you need to do it. It's got to happen. Would you bow your heads with me? Actually, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Stand up with me. We're getting our exercise in today. I just believe sometimes we should stand in the presence of God and understand it. And you can bow your head, close your eyes, because I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about something in your life that you haven't died to yet. Mine's pride. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I struggle with pride big time. But it's not about me. I don't want to be famous. I don't. Let me tell you something. It takes dying to confess your sin in front of people. I used to think it was okay to just talk to God and say, God, I'm struggling with this. And guess what? The enemy kept it in the dark and I continued to struggle with stuff. And it took me being bold and telling on myself. Listen, my youth pastor told me you can only get caught by God. It's true. The law is in place. All this stuff's in place. But God's the only one that holds your destiny. And if you're not right with God, you got to be. But it takes boldness to call that out. We have a prayer team that is down here after every service. And I sit here and I watch to see who's coming forward, not because of who you are, but to see how God's moving. It requires being bold. 
And I want to tell you right now, I'm sorry for any past church experience you've had where you've been shunned for stuff you deal with and you share that and you can't share that. I apologize. That's not the Jesus I believe in. Jesus is a God. This is a hospital for the sick, but that means you got to get healed. You can't continue to walk in your sickness. And I'm going to stand here and tell you that Elevate Church is a place that's not going to shun you for what you struggle with. There's people here that want to pray with you and pray over you to heal you from addictions, from troubled marriages, from struggling with pride and something cheating. Listen, my issue is pride, and it's just as jacked up as somebody that's something bigger, but we categorize it. It's messed up. So right now, I'm asking you to do something bold. If there's something in your life that you haven't been bold about to die to, you know what it is. I don't need to say it. You know what it is. Think about it in your heart. But, I, but right now, I feel like Holy Spirit's picking one thing, and that's for parents in the room that haven't had the greatest relationship with their kids. God wants to heal that today. So if that's you, keep that in mind. If you're dealing with something else, cool. And if you don't even know what I'm talking about and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe that's what you need to die to. So when I count to three, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you have broken relationships with your kids, or you're struggling with something else and I don't need to say it, don't miss this opportunity. Throw your hand up. When I count three, be bold. One, two, three. My hand's up. I'm dealing with pride. That's my thing. I'm going to pray for you right now. In Jesus' name, I just bless every single person in this room. For those that are being bold, God, thank you for their boldness to put their hand and say, God, I'm ready to die today. I'm ready to give it up to you. I'm ready to give it over. Heal me. Set me free. God, I pray that you bless people today, God. Restore broken relationships with kids. Restore broken marriages in Jesus' name. God, bring it to be passing as it goes. And this is your moment. If you've never given your life to Jesus, pray something like this with me. In your heart, you can say it out loud. Be bold. Say, God, I'm jacked up. I need you. I've messed up. I've missed you. Please come into my life. Please set me free from myself. I apologize for what I've done, but thank you that you make me new. And God's just restoring people today. So I speak life in Jesus' name over everybody. And the whole place said, amen. Come on, let's celebrate a good God who works in great ways through people.